Sure, tweets have a short lifespan, but instant gratification won't serve you well if you're trying to grow on Twitter. If you listened to our previous episode where we broke down the Orb framework, you know how much work and patience is needed to grow on pretty much any borrowed platform. So let's dive in. You already know, it's the Creator Spaces show. Don't waste time trying to craft the next viral tweet. Instead, start by keeping your house in order. The first way is by coming in with the right mindset. I realized early on that it's super hard to create 100% original content. I mean, in my experience, original content doesn't really exist. Like we are always building and creating on top of other people's content, other people's ideas. So that's like the mindset I try to bring into like content creation too. It's even encouraged in my case to get inspiration from other creators, how they write and so on, because that's the way you find your own voice. Like you drink from many sources, you put it together, you mix it with your own personal experiences and that's how you create original content that's not really original, it's your content. That silly thing has been like going super strong for me and at the same time, it allows me to create like a good branding opportunities. Awesome. And the second way is by optimizing a Twitter profile to attract followers. I'm not like trying to preach and say, oh, you have to do this or you should do this. It really depends what are your goals? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve? People feel comfortable when they can see a picture of you, especially when you're looking at the camera and you're smiling. It makes them feel at ease. I'm really big with branding your image, branding what it is you do. For me, I'm a personal brand. You want people to feel comfortable and feel like they know you and a photo can take you there. When trying something new, the first step is usually the hardest, and Twitter is no different. Getting your first 1K follower seems like an impossible task until you discover one of the most overlooked strategies that'll get you across the line. You obviously need to create content, but my focus would be 100% to engage with bigger accounts because that's how you get like attention and eyes on you and what you can provide. Because obviously at the beginning, you are tweeting into the void. You have zero followers. So the way to get those eyes on you is to go to bigger accounts and leave valuable comments. There is like a super fine line between leaving a valuable comment and being like a spammer. But if you balance it out, then it's the quickest strategy to get like those first 100 followers. And then from there, you can start to double down on content instead of engagement, if that's something that you prefer. Of course, publishing content regularly is still the top priority. But what if you wanted to control your growth? How do you know which type of content is going to work? One of our guests took an analytics-based approach to grow his Twitter followers to 74,000. Here's his story. So I've tried to do Twitter multiple different times. I started out in 2013 and I did not understand the platform at all. And every couple of years I would try to pick it back up and figure it out. And I just could never get it to work for me. I didn't understand what type of content worked and what was helpful. And I had really no clue about that until the past 10 months or so. But I did actually start out creating more on LinkedIn. So that's where I really started honing the craft of writing, especially longer form, because you can go a little bit longer on LinkedIn. Yeah. When I started doing that in like 2015, I tried to be more actionable, but I don't think I was very good at doing that and synthesizing information back then. So that's where I created content and kind of used that as a testing ground for probably three or so years on and off, mostly on, but definitely had lulls there. And then I really, in like August of last year, 
year. I started getting back into Twitter. I had 700 followers. I think most of them were probably bots or people that I knew from high school. Not a real audience or community by any means. And I tweet things out and I'd get zero likes, one if I was lucky. And just started building very slowly and tried to focus on one-on-one -on -one connection at that time. And just made a couple friends, tried to help them out, tried to help a small number of people with whatever I could. And then just snowballed from there. So in terms of Twitter growth, that's the approach that I've taken. It's been very methodical, analytics-based. We've talked a little bit about your early trials with LinkedIn, but I'm wondering, could you contrast what you were doing then, or maybe one of the first times you tried out Twitter, to how you're going about building and engaging now? Yeah, it's a lot different. Again, like I mentioned, it's a lot more data-driven now. I've tried to snowball this thing where I just build on topics over and over again that I know work and that I know are helpful to other people. When I was just starting out, it was a lot of guesswork. And I think you do have to do that. You probably have to have periods where you're just guessing what you think other people are gonna like, but I didn't glean any insights from that stuff. But now it's a lot different. It's much more data-driven. So I rely heavily on topics that I know are helpful to other people. And they've shown that through consistent engagement over time. And I try to go deeper and deeper, say things in different ways so that other people who may not have understood it when I said it before can understand it now. Yeah. That's the approach that I'm definitely taking that's totally different. Also, another big part of this is my writing's better, <laughs> which back then I've always been a strong writer. The problem is I was one of those kids in high school where I, I took AP class and I was very good at English and I was super good at writing for school. But then it took me a long time to comprehend that writing is not the same as online writing. And I was trying to write like that still. I was trying to be really formulaic, probably too verbose. I didn't really format things very well. It was very essay-like. Yeah. And I've totally shifted from that now where I understand I have to have a great hook and then I'll figure the rest out from there <laughs> instead of just worrying about what's my whole outline to this entire essay. No, that doesn't matter to me as much anymore. Anymore. I'm going to figure out the hook that people care about, the thing that's going to be really helpful and the way that I can say it that gathers attention. And then I'll, I'll just build on it line by line and make sure that it all feeds into each other, that it's coherent. But that's all in the editing process now, whereas before I was just writing, no editing, no chopping it down. Now I'll go crazy line by line and then I'll edit it after the fact and cut it down by 75%. Take the time to hone your craft, experiment and optimize writing on Twitter. That's pretty much the cheat code. As a bonus section, we're going to look at two Twitter tools you should definitely know about. The first one is a tool native to the platform called Twitter Media Studio. There are so many things you can do on Twitter that you probably didn't know you could do. So what happens is people would rag on Twitter. It's a ghost town. I tweet. Nobody listens to me. I'm like, okay, but did you know you could do this? Did you know you could do that? Did you know you could put metadata in a video tweet and have it a call to action link. It's like, what, really? I can do that? I'm like, yeah, Media Studio, there's this feature called Media Studio that no one seems to know about, oh, hardly ever talked about. they bury it in ads. They bury it. Exactly where it is now, only because I is ran some Twitter ads this year. Absolutely. If you have access to Media Studio, it becomes a goldmine. I use it all the time. And also what's great about this, here's another little tip with this. So if you have a video, again, it's all stored in here. So let's say you have a video you use for your lead magnets. You can just keep coming back in here and reusing that video over and over. And what happens is every time you reuse it, it's going to keep using the, the, it's gonna to add to the video count. 
So it's a oh, way like wow. so yeah. So when I do this, oh my gosh, that's a it's game just changer. Like, it is because it's okay. This video already has thousands and thousands of views and you're doing a new tweet and it's still going to show all those thousands and thousands of views. Because again, this is a repository that's storing all this. So you can keep uploading it every time, but you're always going to start at zero views for all your videos or just keep accessing the same ones over and keep using that. You can tweet out something different every time. You can change the settings and put in different titles and descriptions if you want. I do that from time to time, but you're using that one same video over and over. The second one is a third party tool called timeless.so that allows you to repost evergreen tweets. So I'm curious about the reposting of evergreen tweets. What makes a tweet worth reposting? So I think it's this quality of just timelessness, which is where, of course, our name came from. So if you if you tweet something that's time-bound, linked to an event, a reaction to something political, none of that is useful in the future. But I think what is useful are timeless principles around business or life. And we have a few ways that we are determining which content is evergreen and gets reposted. So some of it is just based on the engagement. So the more engagement a tweet gets, Sometimes it could be time bound, but I think oftentimes the tweets that get a ton of engagement are more timeless principles. And then we also end up creating a feed of all your best tweets. And then you get to like manually select or deselect any tweets that you don't want tweeted. So there, there's a manual process to it as well. And then it starts with just a simple algorithm. Nice. I've working on the side with somebody to develop a bit of a Twitter ghostwriter for myself that mixes my tweets in a few of the top performing accounts that I want to target their followings of. And we've determined that we consider a top performing tweet for our accounts to be greater than 0.5% of their audience liking it. Okay, interesting. So I'm wondering if you're using any similar metrics like that. So we're using like a relative algorithm. So in a given time period, it will take the top 20% of your tweets. I think honestly, it probably averages out to be about that 0.5% level. Awesome. I think there really is an engagement range where Twitter, if you maintain this percent of engagement with a tweet, will continue to promote it. And I think there's a few different orders of magnitude that Twitter will put a viral tweet through to see how relevant it is as it goes to wider and wider audiences. Yeah. And I'm not like an expert on the stuff, but I think it's interesting because some people will say if a tweet has more than a 25% engagement level in the first hour, it's more likely to go viral. But the ironic thing is that as a tweet goes viral, it ends up reaching audiences who are less relevant to you, and then that engagement rate drops. So viral tweets will often have a super low engagement rate when it's all said and done, even though they started out with a high engagement rate at the start. Yeah, I've monitored a few of mine. So I know it does do order of magnitude for reach. So it will 10x the reach. And there's, if you look through like your high performing tweets, you'll probably be able to see five or 10x as sort of these walls that you have to break through. And yeah, mine, interesting. a viral tweet stops at about 15,000. Once it reaches that range, it's got a wide enough outside my core target that the relevance drops it out of in the engagement loop. Because initially they have to maintain 10 to 15 15% to keep breaking barriers and then it drops down to 5 to 10% and then after that my tweets normally die. Yeah. Getting more followers and increasing engagement on Twitter doesn't happen by accident. Analyze and scale your efforts. Communicate effectively with your followers. And according to the Orb framework, you'll move one step closer to funneling them down to your own platform.